You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. We're exalting the name of the Lord and telling him he's a wonder-working God. He's a God of wonders. As we reverently approach a wonder-working world conference 2023, I don't know what kind of wonders you are looking forward to, but the God of wonders will manifest to you. It will show up in your situation. It will show up in your family. In the name of Jesus. It's the wonder-working God. He manifests his wonders to those whose hearts are open and ready to receive him. You can only be limited by the amount and the capacity you have to receive. Is El Shaddai the big breasted God. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. And then take heed how you hear. How you hear and what you hear will determine what comes to you. So it's a function of your capacity. Hallelujah. We trust him. I want you to please lift up your voice. And say, Lord, God of wonder, manifest to me in this conference. Use yourself as a point of contact to everyone that will be present. Lord, use, just use yourself as a point of contact. Lord, you are the God of wonder. We have exalted you this morning. Manifest yourself to me, to my family. Manifest yourself in my business. Manifest yourself in my, the lives of my children. Manifest yourself in the life of my spouse. Lift up your voice and call upon him to manifest his wonder. He's the God of wonders. Father, manifest your wonder to us as your people, as a family. Manifest your wonder to us in our various businesses and in every business represented by your people. Manifest your wonder. And Lord, don't leave us alone as a nation. Manifest your wonder to us as a nation. Do not leave us alone. Manifest yourself and your wonder to us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God say, Please, let's put those hands together for Jesus. God bless you, precious voices. I'm sure you can do better than that. I'm sure you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Let's make a joyful noise to him. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give it up to the Lord and the King of Kings. Give it up to him, the God of wonders. Please, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen and amen. 
one verse of scripture, Jude verse number 11. Jude verse number 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah, ESV. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Hallelujah. New Living Translation. What sorrow awaits them for the following the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother. And like Balaam, they deceive people for money. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. You will recall that we are still looking at the broad subject contending for the faith that was once delivered to all the saints. And in between, we have examined a number of concepts and as we followed Apostle Jude, we see him beginning to, you know, describe the false teachers against whom we must contend, the false doctrines against which we must contend, by lightening these false teachers and prophets to characters in the scripture to amplify the activities and characteristics of these false teachers and apostles. Hallelujah. And last Sunday we took the first part of that verse. We looked at the character Brother Cain. We examined what it means to walk in the footsteps of Cain. And we gave us ten things or ten matters arising. Or what walking in the way of Cain depicts. Ten different things that it can mean to you and I. And I'll run through them very quickly. One, Cain had no regard for the Lord. And anyone that will walk in the way of Cain are those who have no regard for the Lord. Secondly, walking the way of Cain depicts one whom the Lord neither also has regard. If you don't regard the Lord, then the Lord is not going to regard you. It's the law of reciprocity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Draw near unto God, and God will draw near to you. If you run far away from God, then the farther away he himself will be. So if you despise God, he will have no regard for you. Thirdly, we said anyone that walks in the way of Cain represents one that is insensitive to spiritual affairs, to spiritual matters. They are insensitive to the kingdom affairs. They lack perception. They pay lip service to the matters of the kingdom. Number four, anyone that will walk in the way of Cain will be people who do not think deep 
and neither are they repentant. They are not deep thinkers. They don't think deep concerning their actions. They just, you know, they, 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 they respond on the spur of the moment. And that was what Abel Cain did. Here is your brother, your only brother, and because his offering was accepted and yours was not, you lured him to the field. And even when God counseled you that, if you have done well, will you not have been acceptable? All he needed to have done was to repent. Lord, have mercy. But no, he was thinking of the heat of the moment, the jealousy of the moment, the envy of his brother. He lured him to the field and he killed him. Those who walk in the way of Cain, they do not think deep, neither are they repentant. Number five, those who will walk in the way of Cain, they represent those who are selfish. They do not care about the Lord. Listen, if you see a man that is selfish against his brother, against his neighbor, against whoever, that person will also be selfish as far as God is concerned. He won't care about God. For if you don't care about man that you see and love man that you see, how will you care about God that you do not see? So those who walk in the way of Cain, they are selfish. They do not care about the Lord, neither do they care about their brother. And ultimately, they will not be their brother's keeper. And that we saw of Cain. And if you are not your brother's keeper, then you will be his killer. Hallelujah. Somebody say, ah, ah, pastor, what do you mean? Oh, yes. Every opportunity you have, you will compromise him. Every opportunity you have, you will throw him under the bus. Every opportunity you have to malign him, you will do so. Because if you are not your brother's keeper, you will be his killer. Number six. Such folks, they are operating under a curse from God. Because the ground is cursed for their sake. God cursed the ground for Cain's sake. And you know the implication of that? Those who operate and walk in the way of Cain, they always resort to extra-biblical practices. Because the ground has been caused and will not yield effort, they always naturally tend to look for extra-biblical practices. They look for shortcuts. They look for easy way out. Hallelujah. So when you see a man, a woman, young and old, that are always looking for the easy way out, watch out. Can I have an amen? You may be treading the dangerous path, walking in the path or in the ways of Cain. Glory to God. Number seven, they are fugitives and wanderers. Glory to God. Fugitives and wanderers on earth, they run to and fro like the devil. They start this, they drop it. They start that, they drop it. They start that, they drop it. They do this. They are always wandering. They are never settled. You see them, they are never settled. They start this business today, they drop it tomorrow. They start this job today, they, they are off tomorrow. They start this... Look, watch out, you may be walking the path of Cain. They are fugitives and wanderers on the earth. Number eight, those who walk in the way of Cain. We said from the New Testament, Hebrews 11.4, those who walk in the way of Cain, they operate in the flesh. They operate in the flesh. They do not operate by faith. We know that Abel did what he did by faith. He offered to God a more, more, more acceptable sacrifice than that of Cain. They always operate in faith. 
Whereas Cain was a man of the flesh. He walked and operated and lived in the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. And number nine, we said those who walk in the way of Cain, they are those who do not operate in love. They are wicked and their deeds are evil. Glory to God. I say this with every sense of responsibility. And God knows. One of the things that did not motivate me as a young man to give my life early, by the time I got to start knowing about people getting born again, I see some, I used to see some born again people, and these folks were wicked. Amen? If you offend them, you are in trouble. They will show you back. So, and I was like, look, are these guys, how does this relate? <laughs> Glory to God. Cain was a wicked one. He was wicked. Their deeds are evil. <laughs> Glory to God. First John chapter 3 tells us, verse number 12, ESV. If you don't operate in love and you are wicked and your deeds are evil, watch out. Say, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. The same parents gave back to them, but he was of the evil one. He murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Let me put this simply. Hallelujah. Are you in the same office with somebody? And then you are given different assignments or the same assignments? And the boss accepts your friend zone or your colleague zone and he does not accept yours. How do you react? How do you feel? Do you envy the brother? Do you wish that as he was going home, a car should hit him and he should die and not come back to the office tomorrow? Do you know that such thoughts come to our minds? Do I have a witness? Let's not pretend, but you must watch it. If you do well, will you not be accepted? So if your job is not accepted and is criticized, what should you do? You should be motivated to do more, to do better, and not envy your brother. After all, it's the works of your hand. God spoke to Cain. If you do well, Genesis 4, 7, will you not be acceptable? So you should check yourself instead of envying your brother, your colleague, or your friend. Can I have an amen? So those who walk in the way of Cain, they are wicked because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. And number 10, the last but not the least, those who walk in the way of Cain, they represent everyone who hates his brother. Verse 15, the same First John 3. Those who walk in the way of Cain represents everyone who hates his brother. Everyone who hates his brother is a is a what? Is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Can you please interpret that for us? No murderer has eternal life. He's saying you are not born again. Examine your born againism. If you say you are born again and you hate your brother. Hallelujah. 
You detest your brother. You dislike passionately. Your brother disgusts you. You are, you, you know, to abhor somebody, to resist or despise somebody, and to have animosity towards somebody. That's what it means to hate. You just don't like somebody's guts. It's your brother. You may not like what they are doing, but don't hate them. Love them with the love of God. God had no business loving you. You are a sinner. It's of purer eyes than to behold evil. He doesn't have any business loving you, but while you are still a sinner, he loved you and gave his son for you. Hallelujah. You, may, you can hate what your brothers are doing, but don't hate them. Don't hate them. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer in the eyes of God. And no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Can I have an amen? Say, I hate that sister. I hate. Please, stop it. Let the love of God that is in your heart, let it ooze out to them. Let it motivate you to pray for them. What will you say of Stephen? People were stoning him, unbelievers. What should he be doing? Should he not be raining down curses and calling angels to fire and brimstone? What did Stephen say? Acts chapter 7, go to verse 58 or thereabout. It says, Father, forgive them. But they do not know what they are doing. And they were stoning him to death. They cast him out of the city and stoned. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Will you do that if men were stoning you? Just for your belief. Because you believe in Jesus. What kind of prayer will you be praying if they begin to stone you? What kind of a prayer will you be praying? God, where are you? You must show yourself strong. Let fire come down and consume. Or what kind of prayers will you pray? He fell down to his knees with a loud voice. Lord, don't hold this sin against them. For they do not know what they are doing. If only they knew, they would not have crucified the king of glory. By doing so, they were fulfilling the purpose of God. Can I have an amen? We can hate what our brothers are doing, their deeds, but please don't hate them. Hallelujah. People who do such are walking in the way of Cain, and they are no different from the false teachers and false apostles and false prophets. Shout hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Today, we continue to examine contending for the faith as we watch against those who deceive people for money, like Balaam. Jude, verse number 11. New Living Translation. New Living Translation, Jude 11. So, we looked at Cain last week. This morning... I will introduce you to Brother Balaam or Mr. Balaam because I'm not so sure he's born again or he was born again. Hallelujah. But we'll take a good insight and look into Brother Jude's life or Mr. Jude's life. Hallelujah. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain who killed his brother 
And like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Glory to God. So we'll be looking at who Balaam is. In order to get insight so that we can avoid the error of Balaam. Who was Balaam? Balaam was a man that was endowed with the gift of prophecy. He was an endowed man. His name is from two Hebrew words, Baal and Am. Baal means not. And Am means people. Balaam. So when you combine the two, you have the word Balaam, which means not people. Glory to God. His name suggests the kind of nature that he carried. It was not for the people. His name, Bala, means not for the people. So what does that mean? He was only existing for himself. Balaam was not for the people. He was a man that was self-centered. Balaam was self-centered, as his name is. Though he was endowed with the gift of prophecy, its primary use was to benefit him, himself. That was the primary, that was the primary reason. That was what he used his gift for. Not to benefit the people, not to benefit humanity. What was more important was how to use the gift of prophecy to benefit self. Balaam, not for the people. He knew how to manipulate the oracles and consult the gods. Not for the people, but primarily because of money and profit. And friends, his reputation in this regard went ahead of him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's take a good dive into the scriptures. Numbers chapter 22. Let's read Numbers 22. The Bible says, before I come, pay attention to reading. Numbers 22. We are going to take a long read, but I believe it to be an interesting read. Let's read the ESV. Then the people of Israel set out and camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was in great dread of the people because they were many. Moab was overcome with fear of the people of Israel. Glory to God. May the Lord put the dread of you upon your enemies in the name of Jesus. As a young man, one of the things that God, one of the promises God gave me early was in Deuteronomy chapter 2, where he said, I will put your dread and the fear of you upon your enemies, upon the whole land, wherever you go. Hallelujah. And he gave me the revelation quite early. And it's a prayer that I've lived with me for these years. From the southwest people of Nigeria, there is what is called fear, Eru. 
there is a charm that is called fear. When you have that charm on you, anywhere you go, people will be bowing and dreading you. They will be bowing for you because you are carrying a rule. When you show up in people's offices, they will stand up. Well done, sir. What can I do for you, sir? The charm will enchant enchant them. Anything you ask for, they will do it. If you ask for the head of a woman, while you are waiting there, they will go and get the head and bring it for you. And when I came across this scripture, God pronounced it over my life. That wherever you go, I will put the dread and the fear of you upon the whole land. Hallelujah. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing the world has to offer that the superior of it is not in God. The devil is a counterfeit. He only seeks to counterfeit the doings and the workings of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give me Deuteronomy chapter 2, I think it's verse 25. Let me show you, then we look at the application here. This day, I will begin to put the dread and the fear of you on the peoples who are under the whole heaven, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. May that be your portion. May the Lord put your dread even in the hearts of your enemies. In the name of Jesus. This was a promise of God to Israel. Go back to Numbers 22. So the Moabites, they heard of what God was doing in the lives of what what the Israelites had done against the Amorites. So what happened? Moab was in great dread of the people. Just hearing that, hey, they are there. They've conquered the Amorites. Hey, he began to fear. They were, because they were many. So Moab was overcome with fear of the people of Israel. They had not even come near him. He just had. Hallelujah. Anyone that plans in their hearts to do you evil, may your dread and fear come upon them. May your fear overwhelm them. In the name of Jesus. They can try to others, but never to you. He was overcome with the fear of the people of Israel. And Moab said, he called the council meeting, elders of Midian, this horde will now lick up all that is around us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, the son of Zippor, who was the king at that time, what did he do? He sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pithor which is near the river in the land of the people of Amor, to call him, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt. They covered the face of the earth. Is that true? And they are dwelling opposite me. So they covered the face of the earth, including where you are standing. Hallelujah. Exaggeration is a department of lies. They cover the face of the earth and they are dwelling opposite me. So what should we do? Next verse. Come now. Cause these people for me since they are too mighty for me. He has not even tested them. He doesn't know the strength that they have. But just hearing of the exploits they were doing. Shout hallelujah. Say shout Hallelujah. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them. So, what does this mean? 
Balaam had a reputation that was known. He was a man of repute. His power. How many of you know that? Hey, Holy Spirit. When you have a problem in your town or your village and the things are getting tough, how many of you know that herbalists are in levels? You know herbalists are in levels. They're in grades. There are small, small herbalists that we look after witches and wizards. And then there are high level ones. Glory to God. Balaam had a reputation. In his whole town, he knows that, look, all these, all these jokers I have in this town, they cannot solve this one. So he had to send for Balaam. Glory to God. Come now. Cause these people for me. So in the whole of his land, there was no herbalist, there was no seer, there was no tumopo that could heal the fear that he was carrying. These people are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land. For I know that, look at Balaam's reputation. He whom you bless is blessed. Him whom you curse is cursed. What a reputation. Glory to God. Next verse. I'm showing you page. See the portrait of Balaam there. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, they departed with the fees for divination in their hand. It's called consultation fees. Can I have an amen? Did I write this? Fees for divination in their hand. And they came to Balaam and gave him Balak's message. In those days, you cannot go before a prophet empty-handed. You must have your consultation fees. Glory to God. It may not be much, but you must have your fees. Before you say anything, you have to first drop the diviner's fees. Can I have an amen? amen. Stop pretending. You have, well, many of you of this generation, in those days when they used to take me to visit those places, when you go like this, you have to first drop something before they consult and see for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was looking for something that um, my son sent to me, one of our leaders, uh, consultation fee. Praise God. Choose only one from the options below. General. A two-minute prophetic counseling. A gift stroke seed is not compulsory. If it's just two minutes prophetic counseling. The venue will be at a general meeting. And if you're a VIP, a 20 minutes prophetic session for politicians, CEOs, and VIPs, etc. The venue will be at his, the bishop's office or a choice location. The certain men. Can I have an amen? Or you have forgotten so easily. Certain men that have crept in. This is a bishop on their website. I think he said he got it from their website. A virtual session, virtual prophetic counseling is also an option. Kindly state below the gift you wish to send to him before the meeting. State amount and currency. Glory to God. Then you have the VVIP. You know that is VIP. You now have the VVIP. A 35 minutes prophetic session 
at the location of your choice. You can bring your private jet. Go on, let's go. Medium of transportation will be determined by our team. A virtual session is also an option. Kindly state below the gift you wish to send to him before the meeting. Because that will determine how the anointing will flow. Hallelujah. Whether it is going to be heavy duty release or a small release. Lord have mercy. Should I continue? Hallelujah. I don't think this is true. Maybe they just made this up. Is it true? Are you sure? They do this. I heard of one. They said, if you want to do housewarming, the fee is 200,000K. If you want the bishop to come and name your child, it's 500K. If you want, no, I mean, hallelujah. It is called diviner's fee. Consultation fee. After all, when you go to see the doctor, don't you pay consultation fee? Is he not a spiritual doctor? Because a witch doctor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's move on. Where, which verse are we in? So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, they departed with the fees for divination in their hand. And they came to Balaam and gave him Balak's message. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight. I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with. It suggests to me that Balaam must have a guest house where he lodges VIP customers. Can I have an amen? Listen, you must think and allow the Holy Spirit to think through. If he only has one small bedroom, where will those people stay? People that are coming. Elders. Please go back to the previous verse. Not one. These are eminent men. These are VIPs. The king's ambassadors. Oh, thank you. VVIP. Elders of Moab and the elders of Midian. Two countries. The ambassadors and entourage. They came to see the prophet. The prophet accommodated them. Do you think he's a small prophet? He has a special guest house that is for VVIPs, then hostel for you general, general people. Three in a room. He packed you there. Glory to God. Lord have mercy. Let's read on. So he lodged them there. Will they feed on air? Won't there be cooks cooking for these elders? Did they give him notice before they came? They didn't give him notice. So you can imagine that cooking is going on. There are people in the guest house. Workers are there. Housekeepers. Cooks. As these VVIPs came, the whole place will be bubbling. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. And God, oh my God, came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab has sent to me, saying, Behold, 
A people has come out of Egypt and it covers the face of the earth. Now come, cause them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. You are blessed beyond the curse. I say you are blessed beyond the curse. No curse shall alight over your life. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed of the Lord. And every attempt to curse you will fail. In the name of Jesus. God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Verse 13. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, go to your own land, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Once again, Balak sent princes more in number and more honor. Now he sent princes. Before he sent elders. Now he sent the crown prince. And you know how crown princes can be powerful. Go and ask the crown prince, EBM of Saudi Arabia. He's the one ruling now. Glory to God. If you want to cut a deal, call it. And in our country, you know, there's office of the first son. And office of the first lady, first daughter. Then there's office of the first lady. Those are the power blocks. Can I have an amen? So now he sent princes. Glory to God. More in number and more honorable than this. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will surely do you great honor. And whatever you say to me, I will do. Just name your price. Come, curse these people for me. He was saying, name your price. Whatever it is, I will give it to you. But Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord my God to do less or more. So you too, please stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say. If God has spoken, what more do you want? What more do you want? He has spoken. He said, well, you can stay tonight. But let's see whether he will speak again or change his mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many times have God spoken? And how many times do you believe? Oh, and you heard him twice. Hallelujah. Next verse. Interesting. So God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men have come to call you, don't forget, he sent princes now, more numerous, more honorable, so they cannot stay in the room for, you know, in hotel you have different grades. And so this prince's presidential suit. I'm telling you, imagine the, the glamour and the reputation of Balaam. Consulting for kings. So God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men have come to call you, rise, go with them. But only do what I tell you. 
So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Hallelujah. God is dangerous. Stop playing with God. Let's read on. But God's anger was kindled because he... Who asked him to go? Well, is that his first instruction? Did he not say, don't go? When he started troubling me, he said, go. You want to uh, go. But whatever I tell you to do, do. And then when he started going, God sent an angel. So you are going to kill him. Look, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Almighty God. Hebrews 10.31 You must know the operations and the dynamics of heaven. His anger was kindled because he went and somebody will read it and say, after all, God said he should go. And he, he had told you his mind from day one. He said, don't go with these people. But since you are coming back, you want to know, eh, okay, you can go. Glory to God. Say, okay, you can go. Okay, Lord, just go. I know your heart is there. This one you are consulting me is Bobo. How many of you know that sometimes you know, you know the things you want to do. You just want God's rubber stamp. He will give you, if you matter of two or three witnesses, he will send some prophets to confirm your rubber stamp. But what he spoke to you first is his perfect will. Glory to God. Let's read on. A fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing. God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord, look, listen. Let me annotate this. You must know when God is saying no. Write that down. You must learn and know when God is saying no. You must know. He said, I go. And you too, you are carrying yourself, you are going. He had already told you, don't go. Don't follow these people. Now that you are troubling him, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, towards the latter end of that chapter, he gave them over to their reprobate minds. God will give you over. When he knows your mind is reprobate, when he knows that there is evil in your heart, he knows what is in your heart, he will give you over to yourself. Go and destroy yourself. So God's anger was kindled because he went and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as is. Satan is the one we know is the adversary. The adversary, the devil. Eh? Who is the adversary here? May God not come against you. May God not stand in your way. In the name of Jesus. Now he was riding on the donkey and his two servants were with him. Can you picture that? One limo. And then you have the escort vehicles going. And when you want to try and overtake an escort, they will shoulder you like this. When you want to take this way, they will shoulder you and they will occupy the road as if they are the king of the road. Hallelujah. He was riding on the donkey and two of his servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road. He went to the shoulder and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the road. 
And the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, left the middle of the road, followed the convoy with a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn. You know, they, how many of you, can you picture this? Can you? Have you been in a traffic before? What do those guys do? They will come out of the shoulder lane and be looking, planning the bush. And the angel of God followed them to that narrow path. I said, you, no way. You are going nowhere. Because you are talking of donkey. I'm giving you the contemporary version. When there is traffic, what do they do? They, with their own, they pass everywhere. The angel followed them there. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, so the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right or to the... When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, what did she do? She lay down under Balaam. And then the man fell down. And Balaam's anger was kindled. And he struck the donkey with his staff. Here now. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, What have I done to you? That you have struck me these three times. When your donkey becomes, begins to speak to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All the quite serious. What have I done that you struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me. Who is the fool? Is it the donkey making a fool of him? Says you have made a fool of me. You are the donkey. You, Mr. Donkey will have, I'm sure donkey will have, Oga, are you a fool? Oga, are you a foolish girl? I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I will kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey? On which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, no. <laughs> Glory to God. Thirty-one. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. What has happened to the prophets? I thought God used to come to him. He had become blind spiritually. What he looked at the magnificence and what Balak was going to offer. And all he was doing was going through the meals. He was going through the motions. His heart was there. And that was why God gave him over to his reprobate mind. Yeah, go. To me, your heart is there. Go. His heart was there. So God opened the eyes of Balaam. He saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. He bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is what? Perverse before me. Because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her leave. God was bent 
how many lives and destinies have been destroyed because of disobedience to God? How many dreams have been aborted? Say, ah, but God told me to go. No, it was your heart. He knew what was in your heart. He allowed you to go. He has said, don't go. Hallelujah. Next verse. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, <laughs> hallelujah. If, if, <laughs> oh my God, if, if it is evil, glory to God. I said, glory to God. I will turn back. <laughs> oh my gosh. The angel said to Balaam, what, what do you think God will say? Say, go. <laughs> go with the man. But speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on. <laughs> Oh my God. Mm. May the things you will eat not kill you. Mm. Hallelujah. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. Amen. Listen, folks. You must know when not to cross the line. Milam crossed the line. He did. The moment the Lord opened the mouth of his donkey to speak to him, you know you have crossed the line. Look at all the attempts God made to stop him, and yet he struck the donkey. May the Lord help us to know when not to cross the line. And may our greed not lead us to our death. In the name of Jesus. Balaam's became blind. His heart became darkened with no counsel. With no counsel. Hallelujah. I have sinned. For I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. We are still considering if in his heart it is not evil. Isn't that what it means? For him, it's just, look, that place we must reach there. If it is evil in your sight, as far as I am concerned, this is good. But if in your sight it is evil, I will turn back. God says, you, know, you, 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 you want to manipulate me again? Go with the men, but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab, on the border formed by the Arnon at the extremity of the border. And Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send to you to call you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? In other words, can I not pay your price? Can I not? Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. That story reminds me of once upon a governor who occupies a very mighty seat in the affairs of the country today, who had a popular saying, what money cannot do, more money can do. Isn't it? Yeah. You know the message I'm talking of? Do you know? Keep it to yourself. I don't want to know. Hallelujah. He says, why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? Let's read on quickly. Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Have I? I love Balaam. Have I now any power of my own to speak anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that must I speak. Then Balaam went with Balak and they came to Kiriat Huzog. And Balak sacrificed oxen and sheep. He sent for Balaam and for the princes who were there with him. And in the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him up to Bamoth Baal. And from there, he saw a fraction of the people. And Balaam, verse 20, chapter 23, said to Balak, Build for me here seven altars, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. I love this. Balak did as Balaam had said, and Balak and Balaam offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. And he went to a bare height. And God met Balaam. And Balaam said to him, I have arranged the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. And he returned to him, and behold, he and all the princes of Moab were standing beside his burnt offering. Balaam took up his discourse and said, From Aram, Balak has brought me, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the crags I see him, for from the hills I behold him. Behold, a people dwelling alone and not counting itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his. I wish it was so. He died a miserable death. And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies and behold, you have done nothing but bless them. And he answered and said, Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall only see a fraction of them and you shall not see them all. Then cause them for me from there. And he took him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah. He built seven altars, offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Please take note of the things he was doing. Balaam said to Balak, Stand here beside your burnt offering while I meet the Lord over there. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Return to Balak and thus you shall speak. And he came to him and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering 
and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? And Balaam took up his discourse and said, Rise, Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind or repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? A popular verse, isn't it? You are seeing the context. Behold, I received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt, and is for them like the horns of the wild ox. Hallelujah. For there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, what God has wrought. May that be your testimony. There will be no enchantment against you. There will be no divination against your family. There will be no enchantment against your children. There will be no enchantment against the works of your hand. In the name of Jesus. Instead, God will so favor and bless you. And men will say, see what the Lord has done. May that be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. Let's quickly read on. Behold, a people... As a lioness, it rises up, and as a lion, it feeds itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain. Anyone that rises up against you, they will eat their own flesh. They will drink of their own blood. In the name of Jesus, for no weapon that may be formed or fashioned or designed against you shall prosper. I said they will not prosper. In the name of Jesus. Balak said to Balaam, do not curse them at all and do not bless them at all. Hmm? With all this you have said, look, don't bless them and don't curse them. And Balaam answered, Balak, did I not tell you all that the Lord says that I must do deceit? Can I have an amen? He's saying that with his lips but his heart is somewhere else. And Balak said to Balaam, Come now, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may cause them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the desert. And Balaam said to Balak, Build for me here seven altars, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had said, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Chapter 24. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to look for omens, but set his face towards the wilderness. Hold it there. As at other times, how did he go at those other times? He looked for omens. But now, he set his face towards the wilderness. Please pay close attention. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Let's read on verse 2. You see the difference. So Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. 
What next? And what? And the Spirit of God came upon him. So what was it that made him prophesy those other two times? Was it the Spirit of God? No. It was sorcery. It was omen. Hallelujah. It was sorcery that he used. But somebody says, but God came to him. But God came to him. Yes, I will show you in a minute. And the Spirit of God, he did not go back to verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. So all this while he was doing, was, did he really mean what he was saying? It was the Spirit of God. It was God that was speaking and he went there with, he was hired to come and curse. But he says, look, I cannot curse a people whom God has blessed. He was no longer himself. But to his true self, while he was going, he wanted to fulfill so that he can collect the money. That was his motivation. If it is evil in your sight, then I will turn back. God says, are you You can't corner me. Go. So when he saw that it pleased God to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to look for omens, but he set his face towards the wilderness. Give it to me in the NIV. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to what? As at other times. Let's look at it in message. So it was divination he was using. Even though God was coming through for him. Even though God was speaking to him, but he was not going through the right channel. But by now, Balaam realized that God wanted to bless Israel. So, he didn't walk in any what? Maybe that's a better word. You identify with this. He didn't walk in any sorcery as he had done. What is sorcery? Hallelujah. Please, check out the various meanings of sorcery when you get home. It means casting a spell to invoke supernatural knowledge or power. Casting a spell to invoke supernatural knowledge or power. And when we tell you all those so-called prophecies, as true as they may be, they are casting a spell on you. As true as those prophecies. In fact, he told me what I wore yesterday. He told me what I ate yesterday. He told me what was in my heart. They are casting a spell on you to invoke supernatural knowledge and power. It's called sorcery. So when you realize that God really wanted to bless Israel, he didn't walk in any sorcery as he had done earlier. He turned and looked out into the wilderness. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Give it to me in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as he had done 
each time before superstitiously to meet the with omens and signs in the natural world but he set his face towards the wilderness or the deserts hallelujah we have verse 3 let's continue with amplified classic give me verse 2 we'll round up in a bit and Balaam lifted up his eyes he saw Israel abiding in their tents according to their tribes and the spirit of God came upon him and he took up his figurative discourse and said Balaam son of Beor the man whose eye is opened take note of that word at last to see clearly the purposes and the will of God he was operating by demonic manipulations can I have an amen familiar spirit all of those was operating through him at last to see clearly the purposes and the will of God next verse there's a thin line between divination and revelation it's a very thin line he Balaam who hears the words of God he sees the vision of the almighty falling down but having his eyes open and uncovered he says what did he say Look at the heavy-duty prophecy. How attractive and considerable are your tents, O Jacob, and your tabernacles, O Israel. As valleys are, as valleys are they spread forth, as gardens by the riverside, as rare spice of lignal loaves, which the Lord has planted, and has set trees beside the waters. Praise God. Let's hang it there. So let me try and round up because of our precious time. Glory to God. Friends, listen to me. There is an illegal entrance into the inner chamber of God. Amen? Illegal entrance into the inner chambers of, door, of God. You can either break the door open and find yourself in God's presence. Or you can break the door remove the burglary proof and jump through the window. Hello? And you can stand near the door and you'll be eavesdropping what heaven is saying. The realm of the spirit is an open realm. Can I have an amen? It is an open realm. We know of people. I spent two or three years of my life in the village. Listen, they will say, if you go and bath with dead water they used to wash dead body, Right? And they conjure some and do some spiritual things for you, you begin to see. How many of you have ever heard of any such phenomenon? You begin to see. You can see things. You can see things into people's future. You look, all those, look, the realm of the spirit is an open realm. And it's a thin line between divination and revelation. Very thin line. Hallelujah. You can break the door open, like I said, you can jump through the window. Can stand by the door and be his dropping, or stay by the window, you'll be his dropping into the conversation of heaven. And demons can help you. Glory to God. It's called familiar spirits. Shout hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Can I have an amen? Can I have a big amen? But you know something. Listen to me, friends. Look at the CV of Balaam there. 
Go back to Numbers 24, verse 3. Give it to us in ESV. Look at his CV. Verse number 3. He took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened. Give me the New King James. He sees open vision. A man whose eyes are opened. Uh-huh. Next, verse 4. The utterance of him who hears, he hears the words of God. He sees the vision of the Almighty. He falls down with his eyes wide open. A man that sees open vision. Give me Joshua, Joshua 13. I will end on this note. And next time we'll continue with the errors of Balaam. We are just trying to clear the grounds to show you who Balaam is. Then we then begin to look at what constitutes the error of Balaam. Hallelujah. Joshua 13, verse 22. It's powerful as it was. How did he die? The children of Israel also killed with his sword Balaam, the son of Baal, the among those who were killed by them. Balaam was a soothsayer. He was an occultist. And he was hearing God. And he was being patronized. Kings were patronizing him. Their coins were patronizing him. The eminent people in the society were patronizing him. He had the likeness of God. God will come to him and speak to him. And yet, but how did you know? Jude 11. What is the motive? Jude 11. Jude 11. New Living Translation or any translation as we round up this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jude 11. Jude, where we have been looking at, not judges, Jude. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jude 11. Jude 1, 11. Technology, are you disconnected? Remain in the spirit. What sorrow are with them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother, like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And we'll close. Second Peter 3, 15, 2, 15. Second Peter 2, 15 and 16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Peter 2, 15 and 16. They have wandered off the road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved to earn money by the New King James causes the wages of righteousness, unrighteousness. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuilt for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Is he even mad? Glory to God. I say glory to God. Balaam. All the prophetic grace, so-called, that he had, it was for self. 
How do you distinguish? If it's a grace from God, it is for service. Can I have an amen? It is for service. To be a blessing to humanity. For what does a man have that he has not received? The moment he becomes a monetized commodity, we are working in the era of Balaam. Falsehood enters. And even when God does not speak, because that's where the pressure comes, many start off well. But because when VVIPs are coming to see you, if nothing is forthcoming from the Lord, you must manufacture something. And for you to, they will go into extra biblical practices. So Balaam was able to switch. He opened himself up and the Spirit of God came upon him and prophesied. And at other times, he practiced sorcery and magic just to get results. Because he knows that many of you, what you are looking for is results. It's results. The results are showing. The people are coming. The hall is filled. The money is coming. And the result is what matters. So what happens? Sometimes they will allow the Spirit of God to come upon them. And many other times, they use sorcery and magic. Rise up on your feet this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will not fall a victim. You will not fall a victim of Balaam's of this world. I say, you will not fall a victim. I say, you will not fall a victim. In the name of Jesus. Whatever spell may have been cast upon you as a result of patronizing prophets in the modes of Malam, may their yoke be broken over your life. May their snare be broken over your life. May their effects wear off over your life. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and talk to him. That the blood of Jesus will cleanse you, will purge you. Many of you, you go there. I'm sure you have heard it said. When people go to some hospitals, they come back with more diseases than they were. Sometimes you go there for a course and you live there with spells cast on you. Why don't you ask God and ask that his precious blood will cleanse you, we purge you, we wash you, we cleanse you in the name of Jesus. That his blood will purge you from the crowns of your head to the soles of your feet. Whatever spells have been cast over your life as a result of patronizing prophets in the mold of Balaam, whatever whatever spells may have been cast against you, against your progress, against every and all things that has to do with you, against your family, and the precious blood of Jesus will cleanse you and purge you in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Lift up your voice. I want to hear you pray. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Contending for the faith. Was contend against prophetic Balaam's. Against prophet Balaam's and their effects over our lives, over the church of Christ. Their effects against your family. But you, beloved, building up yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Come against every effect of prophetic Balaam's, teaching Balaam's, 
Apostle Balaam's. Yes, come against their effect in your life. Le ropa se kato prakama zenderi ababa. Kele rebo soparama kozegeteri ababa. You have visited those spiritual houses. They have casted spells on you unknowingly. You went there for help, but you live there with spells cast over you, over your family, over your business. To tie you to their apron, break their chains, break their hold, break their hold over you, break their hold over you, break their control, their controlling spirit over you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, may anyone, oh God, who may be operating under a spell or the other as a result of visit to spiritual houses, Father, in your mercy, let those effects wear off today. Let the power in your blood cleanse them. Let it wash them and make them pure in the name of Jesus. May effects of such spiritual spells be removed over the businesses of your people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppfan.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.